with vendors able to say essentially whatever they like and make whatever claims they think the market will react to, buyers and prospects out there are sometimes at a loss to who actually has the best product, who actually has the solution that's the right fit for their needs. So I think to really shut down some of that noise, fill that with authentic, true stories directly uh, from customers. Alrighty, folks, welcome to the State of Customer Storytelling Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Shepler, and this is the show that is all about helping you as a B2B marketing leader, a customer marketer, a advocate marketer, and customer advocacy professional get all of the download on the best current practices and strategies. Um, this podcast is brought to you by Testimonial Hero. Testimonial Hero helps over 300 B2B software companies easily create stunning video testimonials that close deals faster. You can view examples and find out more at testimonialhero.com. Today on the show, we have Evan Jacobs, the head of customer marketing at Chainalysis. Prior to Chainalysis, Evan was also the director of customer marketing at Catchpoint the Senior Manager, Global Customer Advocacy at Akamai, as well as the Senior Manager, Customer Marketing Advocacy at Rapid7. So he has had a, you know, a ton of experience in the customer marketing and customer advocacy space. Evan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Sam. I'm uh, really pumped, excited, and uh, looking forward to our conversation. Likewise, likewise. And let's start off with talking about, you know, why customer advocacy and customer stories you know, really matter, right? You know, why does advocacy and, and customer stories matter now, you know, more, more than ever? It's it's a great question. It's something I think about pretty regularly. Uh, and if, if I had to really boil it down, I would think too, it's that a lot of the spaces that myself and probably a lot of the folks um, listening are involved in are pretty competitive spaces. And uh, with uh, with vendors able to say essentially whatever they like and make whatever claims they think are uh, the market will react to, I think buyers and prospects out there are sometimes um, at a loss to who actually has the best product, who actually has uh, the 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 solution that's the right fit for their need. And with everyone making wild claims and saying whatever they want in their in the vendor's own marketing material, I think there is a need more than ever for authenticity, for hearing directly from end users, customers, users. Uh, so I think that it's needed now more than ever. Not that that hasn't been the case. I think it's especially now there's just ton of competition, any spaces that are worth being in, there's there's well-funded, uh, aggressive competitors there. So I think you need to do to really shut down some of that noise that, that vendors are spinning in the marketplace to really fill that with authentic, true stories directly uh, from customers. Completely agree. And it's almost, it sounds like, you know, customer stories, you know, you know, done correctly can actually, you know, not, they're not just like a nice to have there. It's actually uh, can be a true kind of competitive advantage. I think that's true. And I think especially in some of the spaces where where, where my company operates, uh, where we have uh, a large private sector business, but also a large uh, public sector business, um, we have the relationships, we have the uh, success that we've equipped our customers with and positioned them for success. And 
that's where the rubber hits the road. We, we feel confident that our competitors don't have those stories, can't talk about those stories. So we think that, yeah, we, we, we think it's, it is needed. It's, uh, yeah, it's not an, it's, it's on the menu. It's something that people are expecting it. They're expecting it in different flavors and different ways and different, different channels. So I think it's, it's there and it's, uh, we want to be proactive about it. Sometimes it's like, oh, we can put that together if you need to, but rather let's be proactive and say, well, here's actually, because we know you, we know your use case and your need, like here's something that that someone who's like you because of all the different reasons, like you in a lot of different ways, here's here's a story that might, that, that, that might just be what you wanted to hear about. So here, take a listen, take a watch. Mm, yeah, it, it's like, you know, your competitors can, uh, copy a lot of your product, but they they can't copy your customer stories at the end of the day. And then, you know, I, you've been in the space for, uh, you know, quite some time and you have a lot of experience. How is customer advocacy and customer marketing evolving? Sure. Well, I think one thing that, I, that I've seen over the last few years is, uh, you know, as a CMO or a new marketing leader would come in, they would typically seek to build out their team. Either they inherited a team or they're almost starting from scratch. They'd seek to uh, build out a team. And what I noticed at the beginning was, you know, the CMO would always be looking or a VP marketing always looking together. They're sort of starting five. Who do they need for that early, uh, that, that, that first crew? They would always have their uh, a demand gen lead. They would have uh, marketing ops. They would have a product marketer, and maybe they would have a, a, a designer or um, or design or visual person on the team, and that would sort of be who they would have. And I think that was fine. That made a ton of sense in those in those days a few years ago. And um, customer marketing, customer advocacy would come much later, you know, years and you know dozens later, right? So there would be lots of lots of team filled out before there would even be the need or an interest or an inkling that, hey, this might be a role, a team that we need to start thinking about. But I've actually seen that change, which has really been super positive um, and exciting that that thinking rather than, hey, that person can come years later, actually that person needs to be really earlier. That person needs to come even when the team is is small and growing, even when you might not have millions of customers, it's more core to the fiber of a growing SaaS marketing team, a high-performing team, having a customer marketer on board and earlier um, is, is key. And also that person, it needs to be a dedicated person that has um, has a little bit of experience. It used to always be, hey, just give it to an intern or, or, or someone doing it, you know, 5% of their time. So I think there's definitely that recognition that A, the role is needed, B, it should come earlier and C, it should be having a, a dedicated resource or, or maybe even a team and, and a budget accordingly for the tools and, and budget to, to, to run a program accordingly. So I think that that took some time to develop, but I think we're there. And I think that battle is has been fought and won. And I think really for the benefit of the teams, for our customers and everybody in the ecosystem. So I'm really happy to have seen that. And uh, I think there's even more to come, but I think it's really exciting to see, have seen that evolution just unfold the last few years. And what motivates you personally, you know, as you've, have you seen this, as you've seen this evolution and, you know, what motivates you personally about, you know, the space and customer marketing and customer advocacy, you know, what, what are you passionate about? Sure. So for me, I came into this um, from a slightly different angle, but I'm a very much uh, I'm all about the relationships. I don't think anyone isn't. But I think for me, that was what drove me in. That was what 
kept me in and that what keeps me in and keeps it fresh because I think there's no better way to invest in your customers, right? That's This is like the least transactional when done, right? I think the least transactional type of investment. You're not just getting a renewal, although of course a renewal is critical. You're not just selling a deal. You're, you're there for the longer term. And also when things go right, you stay in touch with these customers even after they leave because they're going to come back Ultimately, as an alumni, they're going to bring you back from their next organization, or even if not, you can still stay in touch with them. So it's definitely a long game. And I love that opportunity to stay in touch while they're while they're a customer, even beyond and having them bring you into the next place. I think for me, it's all about relationships. And I've, I think what better side of marketing to engage with customers and also work so closely with the customer success teams, which I, I love customer success organizations and the teams and the individuals on those teams. I think they're super dedicated and I, I love to partner and collaborate and see how we can come up with programs that are that are supportive of everyone's goals. And so I, those are just some teams that I love working with. I think they're amazing. They go really above and beyond for the customers and just partnering and seeing what what makes sense for the org and the team and getting those programs going. So those are those are some things that um that I'm passionate about in this space. And um it is fun because this is nothing more than than relationships, especially with coming out of the pandemic. I think there'll be even more opportunities. People are really eager to, you know, build those relationships uh within their own teams and across, you know, vendors and partners that they work with. So yeah, there's there's a lot of excitement in there, I would say. I love that you brought up partnering with, uh, you know, customer success, because that is such a crucial part of, you know, the advocacy practice. What, you know, have you learned there or kind of what tips or perspective can you share with, you know, another, you know, customer marketer who wants to learn, you know, you know, how should I think about, you know, partnering with success effectively? Sure. So I think the first thing I always try to do uh, and I you know, recommend it if others think it's appropriate is to uh, kind of put yourself in the shoes of that customer success team and that CSM, individual CSM of, well, what are they going through? What's what's on their plate? What's on their radar and how can you supplement what they're already doing? Right. You're you're coming to them with ways to strengthen the relationship because sometimes customer success is getting a lot of things sort of just thrown over the wall at them like, hey, can you do this or can you help with that? And of course, CSM wants to help always and, and they're amazing at doing so. But I think really coming with lead time, with context, with what's in it for the customer, with what's in it for the relationship and also kind of boxing in, well, what is the commitment for, for any of the people involved, for the customer, for the CSM, and really making it something that they they, they want to say yes to, and not because you're a nice person, because they, they like chatting with you, because it's it's the right thing for the relationship. So I think really, you need to have that relationship developed. You And you got to build that over time. You have to earn that trust, because I think customer success, they have a critical, amazing, sometimes um, almost impossible Herculean job of, you know, maintaining these super high retention rates with, with, with so much moving in the ecosystem. So I think that being empathetic, understanding what, what they're going through, how you can support them and, and get to know them, right? Sometimes, you know, being the bridge uh, with, to CSM from marketing, if, if you can. Bring them any resources that you can understand a little more about their world, and I think um, that that'll go that'll go a long way. And um, it's uh, they have 
one of the hardest jobs out there in the organization. I respect the hell out of it. I think they do an amazing job. They're super technical. They bring so much to the customer and you, you, you want to be part of, part of their go to customer. Like you want to be part of how they engage with customers. So I think making it, making it organic to how they work, making it make sense with their expectations they set with customers and, um, and show that you're all, you have the same exact goal that they do. Right. And I think sometimes maybe that can get missed, but like we have the same goal. We're, we're pulling in the exact same direction. And, um, and then you do that repeatedly and over time and, and you have the relationships built, you have that trust in place. And I think, and I think you'll be good to go. You've got the best partner. You've got the best place people to be your um, wingman, wingwoman for, for, for customer marketing, customer advocacy. I think you couldn't find a better partner there. I love, uh, you know, one phrase really stuck out there, you know, come, well, come with lead time, come with context. You know, I think that, that alone and come with what's in it for the customer and the relationship. Like if, if we can, as customer marketers can do all those three things, like I, I think that it's such a good tip because it's so easy when we're, everyone's, you know, busy to just, you know, make an ask and not take the time to fill out the proper context. But yeah, I think... No, it's that's such such a key point. Um, you know, I know you've worked, Evan. You've worked in you know different size companies. You know, um, how does you know very like very large, and then as well as you know growing, but like you know relatively smaller you know startups compared to like the Akamai's of the world. How how do you think about advocacy in depending on the company you know size and stage? I guess how how does it change if it does, and and how does it stay the same? Yeah. So I, so I think for me, this is all at the, you know, the, you know, dialing this back to the, to, to the core, to the root it's, especially in the SaaS space, I found our, our customers are, they are the same, right? In other words, whether you're engaging with them as a 200 person startup or a 10,000 person, more mature organization, their day job, at least in the, the in those verticals that I've worked in, their their personas, they're, they're they're rather similar in the sense that they have a high stress job, they're working with a lot of vendors, they have you know maybe lean teams, they have to really lean more into their tools, engage more with automation. So I found that the the core of advocacy work and customer marketing work, it's it's rather the same. Whether your org is bigger or not, if you have a 400 person marketing team or two person marketing team, right? It's the customer that's that that little bit is not not it's not not as critical to them. But if you're coming to them in a in a thoughtful way, in a smart way, in a way that 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 they want to engage with you, but it also is what you know what have you earned sort of because i think it's and that again big or small maybe may not matter but like what have you earned what have you invested in the customer what have you helped them achieve and i think that's much more important time getting the timing right and getting the understanding of where the relationship is than than the size of the org so, but some you know the red tape internally that's that shouldn't be it isn't visible to the customer so i think um because like i said if you go back to what we said a couple minutes ago sam right it's all about relationships so if you can bring them that same type of resources, that same type of opportunities, that same type of understanding what they like to do, I, I think large or small, you you've you've got a you've got a shot at deepening those relationships. You've got a shot at getting their scarcest resource, right? Which is their time. So understanding that that's their scarcest resource. If you're a big part of their day, 
or an important part of their program or their team or their success, then then you have the opportunity to, to, to deepen the relationship, to work on customer advocacy opportunities and present those at the right moment. So I think if you're, regardless of whether you're large or small, if you are not a big part of their day, you're going to have to work a lot harder. You're going to have to earn that. You're going to have to really get more mind, mind space and mind share with them. That makes a ton of sense. And I think that that's a perfect segue to talk about you know this um, idea of how to capture customer stories in you know challenging industries. You know you have you know uh, you know worked in cybersecurity. Now you're working in the blockchain with chain analysis. You know how do you capture customer stories, and what's your sort of mindset around that? When you know right now, for example, your customers are financial institutions and, and government agencies, you know, how, how do you, and, you know, you nevertheless, you've, you've been able to do it. So I'd love to, you know, maybe you can share a little bit about that. Yeah. So, so when I, when I think about it, Sam, it's very much around knowing, knowing who's on the other end, knowing a, what they personally like to do, what their persona is, they introvert, extrovert, what do they like to do? What are their motivations? But also, especially more so I found over the last even maybe six months or a year is that getting closer to their marketing and PR and comms team, maybe even legal, right? Of like, what message are they trying to put out into the marketplace? What are their concerns? What are their guardrails? What do they like to do? And sometimes you'll find someone that's you're able to amplify a message or put out a message into the marketplace that's very supportive of what they're doing or of their strategy. So I think it's become a must I found in my experience these days to really don't just assume, Hey, like you have some need and they'll help you fill it. Right. It's not about that. It's like, there's always a question, well, what's in it for, you know, where will be the benefit to them? And you have to understand a little about their motivations, their needs as an org, as an individual to really get to a yes, which may look, that yes may look very different, may look very different in a public sector versus a private sector versus different different verticals. So I would say, and it's being flexible to what, what that yes looks like. It may be an anonymized story. It may be not about using your solution at all. It may just be more of a thought leadership piece or even a, a career piece around how they've progressed in their career. It may be a, a panel verse all about them. Um, so I would say it's really being flexible, not having a, a, a closed mindset of, of, of what success looks like here. So, so you give yourself that, that ramp and that runway to, to get something done that both sides will feel happy with. Done, done are the days of the puff pieces. Like I, I just don't see those anymore. There's no appetite internally or externally for those. So I think it's really going in with a more targeted approach, equipping your, your champion, your advocate, your customer to, to introduce you to the right folks. And I would say earlier in the process, right? It used to be even a few years ago, like, hey, that that was sort of just the rubber stamp at the end, that comms, legal, PR, content team from your customer. And now I've found the requirement, but also the, the expectation that you start that earlier. And that's going to yield so much fruit later, uh, not just for this one this one opportunity but for future opportunities well you already have them in your on, on your speed dial right you've already got them in your contact so you could reach out to them and they can reach out to you so i think it's and also just seeing it as non-transactional right you're not just getting this one thing and then you're done you're squeezing them it's not about that right it's you want to do the right thing to open up so many future opportunities that you might not have even thought of 
when, when you were going into it. So really investing that time and that effort, it's so worth it. It's the right thing to do anyway. And like I said, I think it'll, it'll yield even more than you might have thought going in. I want to circle back. To, you mentioned, you said done are the days of the puff pieces. I think that's a really salient point. And maybe you can expound on that a little bit for in case that just kind of, you know, went over a few people's heads. Like, tell me more. Yeah, like expand on that a little bit. Yeah, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so so it used to be like you could just get someone saying like, hey, I, I love you guys or like you're the best. And it was sort of you could pad that a little bit with some you know graphics and it was sort of it was one way and it felt hollow, even if that's actually what they felt. And even if they are that exuberant of an advocate, uh, I think people want to see more balance, right? They would like to see because they know if you're an enterprise SaaS, it's not all, you know, uh, it's not all roses, right? You know, things, things can go, you know, different directions, but I think it's about understanding at the depth, like more about that relationship. It's like, well, what's their team like? What, you know, if things didn't go perfectly, how did they fix that? How did they go above and beyond? So I think it's things that are, that you can differentiate beyond tools and features and software. Cause I think those are there's good products out there. There's vendors have solid products, right? But you want to be able to differentiate on the people level, on the expertise level, on the equipping their team for success, whether that's training, whether that's your, you know, services teams, you name it, to really, to really go above and beyond. So I think just checking that box and getting something up there is is fine, but no one's gonna thank you just because you got something there and it's not representative of, of, of your customer or your own capabilities or that relationship. So I think it's really having that in mind before you start crafting anything and, and also positioning your customer as the thought leader. It's sort of taking the lens off your own self. I think it's a more modern approach and it's sometimes hard because you have pressure and you have you want people to say certain things, but you want, I think that authenticity is there and needs to be there and people are wanting that. And I think, yeah, like I said, going back to the old ways, I, I don't think there's there's an appetite for it. I, I agree. And and also I think it's not an appetite for that prospects have to consume that, that type of content too, right? So yeah, it's interesting just to kind of riff on this for a uh, a minute, like dealing with the pressure or like to me, and I'm curious on your take on it. I think one of the reasons historically, that, you know, there was like pressure f for, you know, that puff piece or that thing to not be as balanced is because historically case studies and, you know, advocacy projects were a bit more monolithic. You know, it was like, okay, we're going to invest like a ton of money into this one case study or this one, you know, customer singular customer video and now what i'm seeing at least is like you know still investing but taking a more like atomized approach in like micro content throughout the buyer journey which also f seems to make room for a more balanced approach because there's no longer this pressure of like we need to like get all of this good stuff about you know us as the, us the company in this single video it's like okay we can have we can have the more company centric piece, then we can have the career piece, then we can have the thought leader piece and sort of atomizing this, this whole, you know, all this content, you know, that came out of maybe one, one interview, but, but again, like, um, 
I think the this willingness to use you know the, the content more broadly in smaller pieces relieves I, I think a bit of the pressure to you know make it that that perfect tough piece in you know one monolithic instance. But curious what your, your thoughts are. Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely with you there, Sam. And I think it, it it's all about you know, dialing it back earlier into the process, understanding where that content might go, who's who's gonna who's gonna run with it, right? Because I think you know probably all of us at one point have been in a scenario where like you produce content and you're like, well, is there any takers for this? Like, who's is it gonna sit in the drawer, so to speak, or is, does it actually have a home? Does it have someone who's gonna drive it forward? So I found really kind of workshopping that around and figuring out earlier as early in the process as you can, I'm like, well, who might have a need for this? And I've had great success with my, um, on our product marketing team, my team, we have someone who's um, who's a partner marketer and, and working with her and saying, okay, wow, this is a key partner. The customer had, uses us and our partner, our integration partner. So how can we, how can we get even more bang from that of, of layering in questions around what's that partnership and how's that integration working so that it has yet another, another stream of, of usage and that, and that it, so it's not just you having to find a home for it. You're sort of giving another set of, of, uh, another set of, of owners to it who, who can run with it. So I think it's all around, yeah, getting the most value from a single asset you produce. And that way you're, you alone are on the hook for finding those, um, the, the owners or the, the content, you know, the content homes for those. You've got other built-in people who are, who are hungry to use that and to have the access to that kind of fresh content. So dial that in early and, and bake in those questions accordingly to your point. So that way you can, carve it up and and have it live in lots of different ways, especially Sam, because people may have uh, shorter attention spans, right? Uh, I think, you know, five, seven minute pieces, you know, you're gonna, you're not gonna have people that, that are gonna stay on that too long. So you wanna also keep in mind how people consume the content. Such, such a good point. And speaking of that, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the different mediums, um, you know, for customer stories. How do you think about, the you know the mix and you know the the or the pros and cons between you know case studies third party reviews customer video content yeah i'd love to hear and and maybe even like you know reference calls or panels as well but yeah i'd love to hear how you think about the mix of all those different kind of mediums yeah so i i think the the good part is i think it's uh definitely not one size fits all and and i think people consume in different ways and have different needs right so i would sometimes i wouldn't want to trade one for the other right say hey I'd, you know this or that but i would say like like we talked about a couple of minutes ago sam like hey you have someone who's in a, a public sector they may not be able to do a customer story but they could do uh, a review because it's anonymized or it just lists their their vertical and not their name or their company name so i think it's you're actually expanding the pie right if you're just saying hey they can only help in one way or they can only be an advocate in one way you're gonna you're gonna shrink your pool down so i i think that I think they're all needed. And just talking to our, you know, our go-to-market teams, they're all the content is needed, right? I think it's regardless of how what the original source is, whether it is a review or a testimonial or it's a it's a pull quote from a testimonial. So I think I think people are almost 
agnostic as to what the source of it was, but what is that what is that really snackable piece? What is that nugget that actually hits hits the road? So if you have a, a minute and a half or two minute video testimonial, you may be able to get those pull quotes and maybe people aren't into video, but you have a quote that you can put onto a slide or drop into uh, you know into a sales deck, you know, that the team can pull a slide from there. So I'm 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 open to all of them and I I think all deserve sort of love and equal attention that um, because the the go-to-market teams may not need to, yeah, they may not care necessarily what the source was, as long as it's something that that can help support um, the message they're they're trying to share to uh, to prospects and buyers. So I think, yeah, everything is, uh, there's, there's, there's a room for all of them, I'd say. As long as they're not puff pieces, right? Yeah, see above. Yeah, see what we just talked about, right? Absolutely. So it's all they're all needed, but don't uh, don't make them a puff piece. Uh, that that's you heard it here first. But yeah, no, that that's I love that perspective. You, you mentioned video a couple times, and um, I'd be curious, you know, to you know, being a you know a customer video person myself, I'd be curious to, to know more about how do you think about video? I guess both from like a, a functional level and being able to you know break it up into text, you know, et cetera, but also from like an emotional level or like just like the power of the the medium. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, I think there's nothing like it. I think it's, it's so flexible and it's how people like to receive content, especially when it was harder to meet people in person with everything going on in the world. And um, it's easier to resonate with someone when you can see them, you can hear the kind of the passion in their voice or how they're just kind of leaning into it. So I, I think there's there's really nothing like it. And not to say that I, I love, I, I, you know, it's sort of hard to choose favorites, but I, I think video, it. It, it has so much reach, especially with uh, with the social platforms out there. Um, we have an amazing social team who's who, who's eager for that content, who's eager to really highlight the success of our customers. So I think it's it's just I think how people are receiving it. I mean, people in their personal lives, just for their own entertainment, right? We know that's how people are are preferring. So I think um, I think it's I think it's here to stay. And I'm a big believer whether you capture it remote, like we're sort of doing here, whether you capture it in person as that becomes more available now and into the near term. I, I think it's here to stay. And I think it is because it is so flexible. You can do mashups of content. You can do montage. There's there's just really limitless of of what you can do with it that I think um, it's here to stay. And I think it's going to have a, a great a great seat at the table for, for, for going forward as well. Mm, yeah, that's that's such a good point too, especially for social, right? Because yeah, it's it's we have this sort of I think interesting dynamic where uh, you mentioned reach, where like the people who control the algorithms, like the platforms, understand that video does you know on average you know better from an engagement perspective. Therefore, the algorithm is you know actually incentivized to show more people video, right? So it's it's kind of this. Um, you know, tailwind, I think that people are able to get behind um, if they if they use video on social. What does the future look like for for customer advocacy pros? And, you know, what are some of the biggest challenges and or opportunities that are coming in the future? So I think the future is super, super bright for customer marketers, customer advocate folks. Uh, it's the seat at the table is there. There's probably more momentum now 
than than at any time that I've seen. I think the pandemic helped. Um, it was already happening. I think it might have just accelerated that even a little bit, just with the focus on not necessarily net new logos only, which had such a huge focus. It's like it's actually about our existing customers. Can we can we invest more in them? Can we can we interest them in more parts of our portfolio that they might not know, um, ensuring that retention is where it needs to be. So I think that side of the house is getting more attention than ever and as it should. So I think customer marketing finally evolved to where it was because of lots of things, because it's, it's, it's been earning that seat at the table. There's, there's analyst coverage. We have amazing analysts. So I think there's, there's conferences, there's get togethers, there's, there's there's the infrastructure to to do that. There's budget, so I think it it has now all the the pieces. It has that level of commitment to it. It's not something that someone is demoing. It's not a CMO just trying it out. It's not an experiment. It's it's arrived, and I think that just seeing the excitement in the space. Just there's more recs opened up than ever at, at different levels. I think it's here to stay. I, 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 I know it's here to stay. And I, and I think, I, I think the only challenges are just going to be, how do you, you know, once you've achieved something, how do you, how do you, how do you continue to build on that? Right. It was all about, Hey, the underdog. And it's, you know, then you can turn the corner and you've, you've achieved what you want. But how do you, how do you build on that? How do you keep it fresh and how do you maintain what you're doing while keeping that customer always at the center? Right. It's, never forgetting that customer is the North Star, investing in them, and sometimes having the um, the confidence in your team and the program and what I think is may need to say no to certain things. And I think that's okay. And I think that's part of having that seated table is like, and well, and here's why, not just saying no, because of course, everyone in this role and this this type of work wants to say yes to everything, but it's if it's not the right thing maybe for the customer from a timing perspective or the opportunity or whatever it is, it's saying no, but coming up with a solution. Maybe here's maybe a better way, here's a different approach, here's another option, here's another customer. So it's really having that 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 confidence in yourself and the program and the team to 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 always do the right thing for customer, to be their protector, to to never to never ever jeopardize that relationship for something that's short term. Um, and I know I won't do that. And I know all my colleagues in the space will never do that. And I think having the confidence to to lead that way and to have that relationship um, with different parts of the organization, whether it's sales, services, support, customer success, you name it. And I think that um and I, I see that continuing to head in that direction. So it's a ton of opportunity for folks in the space and people thinking about entering the space. I love the, that you know way you, to put it. You know, be the customer's protector. Always do the right thing for the customer. You know, and you know, think uh, don't jeopardize things for you know for the short term. Um, wrapping up here, Evan. Anything else um, around customer advocacy or customer stories, you know, that I didn't ask you that you wanted to share or, you know, that you think would be would be useful or interesting? I think just uh, I'm excited to see what people are innovating. I would say let's let's keep the sharing going. I found that the, the community is so open, so willing to hop on a call, share what they know, hear what you might have heard. And uh, yeah, I can't minimize the importance of that. Uh, and I think let's. Let's let's keep that going, uh, even as there's more people doing this. And you look around like, wow, you might have known at one point you thought everyone in your region or maybe in the country who's doing what you're doing. And now it just it continues to grow and more SaaS companies are doing this. So I would say 
um, excited to see like what innovations people are thinking about. It's such a creative team, such a creative people coming with that amazing mindset. And, and I would say, where else can we be drawing people in from? Like, can we maybe customer success folks that are looking to do something else, maybe they might enter this space more with an amazing background. So I would say, I think it's eager to see like who the, that ecosystem that continues to collaborate more either as actual practitioners or just really as, as strong partners of folks in the space. So I think that, I think that will continue to evolve and I'm excited to see, yeah, like how that collaboration continues to, to flourish. Evan, this has been fantastic. Uh, where can people get in touch with you uh, if they want to you know, follow you, connect with you or uh, learn more? I think LinkedIn is probably uh, the default. Uh, find me there. Catch me anytime. And um, I'd, I'd love to chat, hear what you're, what's on your mind and, and share, you know, kind of both ways. Right. There's I learn as much as I can. That's when I first got into this space, uh, I was didn't necessarily have great depth of experience but i said like let's let's start sharing so i've i learned a ton from people and um i love sharing what i know and, and hearing what they have to their expertise and their knowledge and their experience because it 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 can vary but it's unbelievable what the sharing out there so i'm super thankful to that and can't wait to uh to, to keep it going fantastic evan this has been a blast um we'll have to do a round two sometime and yeah thanks for thanks for being on the show Got it. Looking forward to it, Sam, and uh, catch me anytime for round two. Alrighty, folks, that was a fantastic episode with Evan Jacobs. Just a couple of my favorite takeaways I wanted to to share. Um, some really, really good tips on partnering with uh, the CS team with customer success. You know, first and foremost, you know, put yourself in their shoes. You know, come with lead time. Come with context come with what's in it for the customer, you know, their customer that they are working with and in their relationship and, you know, make that, make your, your asks kind of, you know, stand on their own two feet, you know, not just because you're, you ha- you're a nice person and, you know, be empathetic, be that bridge between marketing and, you know, customer success. Um, some other really good points about capturing customer stories in traditionally challenging industries. Uh, we didn't get into it too much, but I believe Evan actually has uh, a customer story from the IRS uh, that he ch- captured. So, you know, that should give you a feeling for how how well he's been able to do this. And as he said in the episode, you know, it's all about figuring out a way to amplify the message that they are also trying to get out into the marketplace and aligning with them there. Also being flexible on, on what it looks like. Um, maybe it has to be a bit of a, a career piece or a thought leadership piece or a panel, um, you know, versus something else, right? Being flexible and maybe it is even anonymous. And, and you know, just when you, more you deal with those um, type of industries, the more flexible you have to be, but you you don't have to, you know, throw up your hands and, and quit. It's It's absolutely possible. And then just different mediums, you know, people consume in different ways. As long as you're not doing puff pieces, you want all of the different content types. And it's about expanding the pie. Um, And, you know, for example, anonymous third party reviews, you know, that's that's another uh, option. Right. So so it's all you really want to, you know, cover all your bases there. We talked about now the power of video and just, you know, creating atomized snackable content, you know, social reach. And then, um, you know, a lot of additional good stuff just around, you know, the future of customer marketing and customer marketing has arrived. Um, I hope you enjoyed 
this episode as much as I did. I'm Sam Shepler uh, from Testimonial Hero, and we'll see you in the very next episode.